powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. I'm ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Remain standing for just a minute. Scripture I want to look at real quickly. I want you to look at uh, Luke chapter 2. And I want you to look at verse 49. Luke 2, verse what? No, not 49. You got to say it. 49. Luke 2, 49. Or 49, depending on where you're from. You got it? Says any, you got it? You still flipping? Some of y'all still typing? If you're just gonna look on the screen, say, I've been there, Bishop. All right. Luke 2 49. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? There's some folk looking for you in the life you used to live. They're looking for you in the bar. They're looking for you in the club. They're looking for you on the app. They're looking for you in the DMs. They just touch somebody and say, my whole life is changing for the better. No, you, you got to say it like you mean it. Say, my whole life is changing for the better. And he said, why did you seek me? Did you not know? That I must be, shout I must be, <laughs> about my father's business. <laughs> I need you to stop apologizing for putting God first. I, I need you to stop apologizing for not doing what you used to do, hanging out with who you used to hanging out. I need you to stop apologizing to people when they say you changed. You need to look at them and say, of course I changed because I'm getting better. Somebody say, I'm about the father's business. 
Father, give me the grace to minister this word tonight because I certainly need it from you tonight and I need it from you right now. I pray that you speak with clarity. I pray that you speak with power tonight, that we move and walk in those things that you have ordained. And Father, I declare that nothing would block or hinder the flow of this word tonight. And I declare that you're going to answer prayers. You're going to speak with clarity now. And we thank you that it is so in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. I want to preach a word you've never heard. Here's the title. Say millennial Jesus. Say it again. Say millennial Jesus. You can be seated. We're in this new series called Taboo Topics, which is something that's typically not talked about. But the truth is we want to talk about it. And uh, it's, it's not talked about often because it's uncomfortable. But I need you to know that your healing is often going to come through the conversations that you have. I need you to know that your conquering is going to come through the conversations that you have. One of the greatest challenges that you and I have with people who are close to us is in communication. Why? Because the enemy knows that if we learn how to communicate, we will not be no longer be constant with the issues and vicissitudes that we're dealing with. The greatest challenge you face with people, watch this, in your own house is communication. The greatest challenge you face with people on your job is communication. The greatest challenge you face, watch this, with your mama and daddy, your brother and your sister is communication because the enemy knows if he can shut you up, he can shut you down. But I wish you knew you were sitting next to somebody that decided 2019 is going to be my year of manifestation. Which means I'm going to see what I've sown for. I'm going to possess what I pray for. So I got to open up my mouth and have the conversation because I refuse to shut up because I will not be shut down. Now, 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 now I need you to get this. Say, say taboo topics. Say it again. Say taboo topics. On Sunday, we, we answered, uh, we asked this question. Why do I need God and church? And so we looked at several things and we learned that first we all need God. Somebody say we all need God. And there's only one, according to Acts chapter 4. And he gives us his name in Exodus 15. He says, I am, finish it. He says, I am who I am. Check this out. Uh, it is this Hebrew phrase, a year, a share, a year. This means I'll prove what I am and I'll prove who I am. And I said to you on Sunday that if you look back over your life, God has been proving himself to you over and over and over and over again. So you thought your education got you that job. Baby, please. It was your God that did that for you. You thought it was, watch this, who you know that got you that opportunity. It had nothing to do with who you know other than the God who was proving to you from behind the scenes. The reason we sometimes take glory from God that belongs to God is because God likes to work behind the scenes. God is not, watch this, God is not braggadocious in nature, although God likes to make sure you know that he did it. So because God is working behind the scenes, you'll be tempted to take the credit because you were the one that was on the scene, not realizing that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, which means God says what you saw, I put that in position from behind the curtain, from behind the door, and you can can't take the glory for it simply because you didn't see me working. You didn't see me, watch this, making that car swerve so it didn't hit you. Shut your mouth. You didn't see me making it so that when you laid down, you should have got something, but I made sure that I covered you. Y'all not talking. You didn't see him working from behind the scenes where he turned the heart of the decision maker in your favor so when they saw your resume, they didn't. I need you to shake your neighbor's arm like you're going to shake it off. So he's working behind the scenes. That's what he does. So because he works behind the scenes, God says, I've been proving myself to you, but I've been proving it from behind the scenes. I was proving it to you when you didn't even know you needed to be protected. I was protecting you. I was proving it to you when you felt depressed and somehow you came out of your depression. 
I was proving it to you when you felt like giving up. And matter of fact, you said it out of your mouth and you started putting your little stuff on your little table and putting your little stuff in your little bag. And then all of a sudden you said, no, baby, I'm not giving up. I'm too legit to quit. I was built for this. Where do you think that strength come from? I need you to know it came from the Lord. I need everybody who in the last 12 months, life has thrown some stuff at you that just made you want to say deuces to a whole lot of stuff. I need you to stand up and give God 10 seconds of glory. Go! I need you to put a praise in the atmosphere that lets the enemy know you didn't win. And God, you were proving yourself to me from behind the scenes. Shout yeah! Be seated. He was proving himself to you. Proving that he's faithful. While you was out at the club, he was faithful. While you kept going back to that ex, he was faithful. Shut up. While you kept messing with them low-life friends, he was faithful. While you kept doing the things you promised him you wasn't going to do no more, he was faithful. He was proving to you that he loves you. Why? Because the Bible says a father that loves his child, he chastises him. He corrects him. Let me go deep south. He whoops him. God's highest form of rejection is when he says nothing to you and he need watch this, and you know something needs to be said. You ever did something and then didn't get handled the way you thought it was going to be handled? And it left you thinking, that's all? Be grateful that God looked at you and said, I love you too much to let you get away with what I let other folk get away with. Shut up in here. I love you too much. I know what your cousin do, you ain't your cousin. I know what your sister do, you ain't your sister. See, your sister been where she going, but you, you're going to be the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. You're going to be the curse breaker in your bloodline. So I didn't check her because I ain't got the same relationship with her as I do with you. Somebody holler, he checked me. Proof that he loves you is he checks you. While you driving over there on Friday night, Something happened to your car. He checked you. Y'all not talking to me. While you are dialing the number to try to get ready to send that text, something all of a sudden you get a call that comes in and you forgot you were even trying to reach him. He checked you. Oh, he's the God that'll check you to prove that he loves you. Hear me, young people. A parent that hates you lets you act like everybody else. A parent that hates you lets you hang out with folk that ain't about nothing. A parent that hates you lets you go wherever and spend the night over whoever house and do whatever they do. And you tell me, well, this is what Shinkasay mom and them do. You ain't Shinkasay, baby. You a curse breaker. You ain't cursed. He's been proving that he's faithful. He's been proving, watch this, that, that, he's, that he's faithful. He's been proving that he loves you. He's been proving that he's perfect in all of his ways. I don't get it, but they're perfect. Truth is, you're going to wish often that you were dealt a different hand. I do often. But it's perfect. I need you to not be mad that he could trust you with a hand that sucks. And he knew you could play it well. I wish I had some honest people in here that if you're honest about some of the stuff you've been through in life, you're like, God, can we talk for real tonight? Can we talk? God, this sucks. I don't have no Hebrew word for it. I don't have no Greek word for it. It just sucks. But the truth is, is you can trust me with what other people would get. You can trust me with what other people would lose their mind with. You can trust me with what other people would commit suicide with. You can trust me. 
Somebody say he complimented me with a bad hand. Shut up. I need every single parent not to be mad. He trusted you to do the job of two. He's been proving to you that he's perfect in all of his ways. I don't understand his ways, but they're perfect. I wish that he thought like me. That's what we think. We wish he thought like us, but he's perfect. We wish that he would tell us, damn about nothing, damn about nothing, damn about nothing, damn about nothing, damn about nothing. Damn. That's crazy. What you need to do? Cross the street. We wish he would tell us that. And often he does. You just don't be listening. But somebody say he's perfect. And we learn that, watch this, his role is to save us. And to save us from what? To save us from two enemies. What were those enemies? Foreign and domestic. The enemies out here and the enemy in here. Sometimes your greatest enemy is your enemy. Sometimes your greatest challenge is the person you spend the most time with. Look at me, you. You spend the most time with you. And you want to know what's interesting? Is you spend a lot of that time, watch this, wasting it wishing you were somebody else. Wasting it wishing you got somebody else's hand. You are not your neighbor. You are you. And so the best thing you can do is say, well, this is what it is, and I need to make it into what God ordained for it to be because I'm not getting another hand. All I got to do is learn how to play this one well. Are you here? Second, we learn that we all need church because once you're following the king, listen, Denver, you need to understand his kingdom. God's kingdom is not subject to your emotions. God's kingdom is not subject to how you feel. Let me tell you, you're dealing with a demon because they don't give you Bible, they give you feeling. I just feel. Shut up, you're a demon. I just feel. Shut up, devil. Shut your mouth. If you can't give me scripture and verse, you are a devil in disguise. Sometimes they wear blue dresses. Sometimes they wear skinny jeans. Sometimes they ain't got no clothes on. That ain't a joke. Once I know the king, it ain't, well, this is what I feel. Feelings will fool you. Ask Anna May. Anna May Bullock said, well, I her feelings made her think that the very thing that would be her, watch this, that was her ruin, it made her think that was her ceiling. So consequently, she developed Stockholm Syndrome. I'm talking about Tina Turner. She developed Stockholm Syndrome, so she's sympathetic to what makes her suffer. Shut up. She's sympathetic to the very person that's perpetrating the pain against her. And so even though she's got an opportunity for freedom, she don't want freedom because she's comfortable with bondage. I need you to not be comfortable being stuck no more. I need you to not be comfortable in bondage. I need you to not be comfortable dealing with mess and drama all the time. I need you to realize you weren't built to spill every day stressed out about the same mess. You weren't built for that. Once I know the king, I got to learn how to live in his kingdom. And his kingdom's not subject to me. A king doesn't negotiate. You can't vote him in. You can't vote him out. The issue some of us have with God is that we think we get to vote about him. And we vote with our actions. I know you said this, but I'm going to do this. And God is like, cool, so we're going to do this. 
What's that? We're going to let you pay the bill because that's not my will. Some of the hell you dealing with, look at me, Wednesday. Since I ain't got my digital people, I got to go extra hard. I miss y'all. I love y'all. I miss y'all. Watch me. A lot of the hell you're dealing with ain't the devil. Look at me. There's another D. Decisions. You made decisions and you decided that I'm going to make God bless this. I'm going to make God. God, you, you better do. God, I know they ain't about nothing, but turn them into something. This ain't Cinderella. God says, God says, a lot of this ain't the devil. It's your decisions. So once you know the king, that's salvation. Now I need to understand his kingdom. What's his kingdom? His modus operandi. How he does what he does when he does what he does. So God's ways are different than our ways. And God's not changing his ways to fit what we want. Now I need us to get that because we like to form Jesus in our own image and likeness. Do not know the European Jesus that you see when you look at pictures and things like that. Do not know that that is an image that was projected because when the Europeans learned of Jesus, they said, well, he must look like us. They projected a Jesus and made him in their image. Sometimes you and I, can I tell you who your real Jesus is? It's you. What do you mean? Because you only sacrifice for you. You only do what you want to do. You only do what you feel like doing. But I think there's somebody tonight on Wednesday that's going to say, I'm going to make the king the king in my life again because I've been doing what I want, but I got to lay my will down and say, not my will, but your will be done. Shout hallelujah. So now that I understand king i gotta understand or know the king i gotta understand how to walk in his kingdom and that's what church is for and through church we learned on sunday god picks a pastor for you say say pick and you know that because his voice speaks to you harvest i'm your pastor because my voice speaks to you listen listen you are called to the voice look at me not the vision why is that important to understand the vision will change the values remain the same. What is vision? What we see. See, what we see getting started, you better listen to me prophesy, 12 months from now, it's going to look different when God puts something big in our hands. I ain't got no help. I'll help myself. He gonna do it. He gonna do it because you've been faithful. He gonna do it because you didn't throw in the towel. He gonna do it because even when you wanted to give up, you didn't give up. Let me preach to me. He gonna do it because even though you had to deal with all types of mess and drama, he gonna do it. Somebody say, I know he will. It's gonna look different. See, when you when you are downstairs in a corporation, you're looking up. When you're upstairs in a corporation, you're looking down. Not in a negative way. Watch what changed. Your perspective changed. Why? Your vision changed. Why? Because what you see is different. Why? Because where you're seated is different. 
I need some of y'all to hear me and hear me clearly. For the last few years of your life, you've been like a caterpillar and you've been seeing stuff that's real low. But you need to hear me in stage four of that caterpillar's development. It's no longer on the floor. It's now flying over what it used to hang out with. I need some of you to realize that, watch this, the, uh, the, the first six months or the first five months of this year were the lowest months of your life ever again. Because I need somebody to get some faith in this room because God says what I'm about to do in your life is exceedingly and abundant above all that you can ask or think. Say, I'm called to the voice. So, so Jeremiah chapter 23, verse number four says, I'll set shepherds. Look at me. Let me tell you why a lot of folk get messed up in church. Because you think you're called to who you sit next to. So when you have an issue with them, you disconnect from the voice. You ain't sent to make friends. That's cool if it happened. That ain't what you sent for. You, you, you're not sent. Look at me. You are not sent to hang out. That's nice if, that's, if it happened. You are called to the voice. Don't let something you're not called to take you away from who you are called to. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Jeremiah 23, 4. I will set shepherds over them. And listen to me. It says, who will care for them. And they shall fear no more. Nor be dismayed, neither shall any be missing, declares who? The Lord. God says, I'm going to give you a shepherd, a leader, a pastor, who will speak life into you, what to do and how to do it. And when you do that, there'll be no more lack in your life. That's what it says. There'll be no more fear in your life. There'll be no more dismay in your life. You know what dismay is? Stress. You're only stressed because you've disconnected from the voice. Which is why you got to have a message that's playing all day long. Let me tell you what I do. I had a word plan when I go to sleep. Why? So that I don't even, watch this, disconnect while I'm sleeping. So when I wake up, I'm still connected. Some of y'all, if you start practicing, we're all day long. You got, if you've ever come to uh, the church during the business hours, administrative hours, you'll notice that when you come into the reception entrance, the messages are always playing. That ain't just to have a TV up there playing, running up the light bill. It's so that, watch this, everywhere in this building, my voice is. Because when cancer shows up, what's going to rebuke it? A voice. When depression shows up, what's going to rebuke it? A voice. When discouragement shows up, what's going to rebuke it? A voice. Everything in the kingdom is voice activated. So watch this. I'm getting to where I'm going. So check this out. We, we even on Sunday kill some of the lies told about God's church. Like the church just wants my money. We discovered that's a lie. <laughs> lie detector test reveal. Come on, Maury. There's too many hypocrites in church, and we discovered that's a lie. Got room for you? It's your lying self. <laughs> Hypocrite just means, it doesn't mean you don't practice what you preach. Hypocrite means you don't believe what you preach. There's a difference. It means you're an actor or an actress. You need an Academy Award. It's not that you don't do it. It's that you don't believe it. That's hypocrisy. Watch this. We kill that lie. The lie detector determined. Uh, people say, what's well, this? God is everywhere. I don't need to go to church. We determine. That's a lie. All right? What's well, this? Uh, here, here's another one. What's this? Say, I don't get anything out of church. And we said, if you come here, lie detector test determine. That's a lie. Would y'all welcome uh, all but one of our digital campuses now? Y'all love all of them because I missed them. I ain't seeing their comments or nothing. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. 
Watch this. Watch this. I don't need no man telling me what to do. We kill that lie. We determine. I just go to church when I'm going through something. We determine. Why they get love offerings to Bishop Foreman? We, we kill that and determine. Jesus, watch me, who was an unmarried millennial. What are you saying? What are you saying? Bishop, uh, excuse me, Bishop, Jesus. You, <laughs> Jesus did his greatest work when he was a millennial. Now, I don't need my baby boomers and Gen Y Zers and Xers and whatever elsers getting lost right here. What are you trying to say? Jesus was an unmarried millennial. He said, I don't have time to be distracted trying to get you to go where I'm going. Look at me. Some of y'all, the reason you are so behind schedule is because you date distractions. Y'all ain't said nothing, and I promise you I don't care. I promise you you don't know that. You date people who are walking over here. You walking over there. So you spend your life trying to get them to come over here. Come here, uh, Lieutenant. I'm the general, so you ain't the general. Colonel, sure. Come on, Colonel. Great. <laughs> and come on, new recruit thug. Come on. Look at this shirt. Say, sin is whack. Touch your neighbor and say, sin is whack. <laughs> I call him a thug because he got on shorts. That's what I call him a thug. Yeah. And if you're offended... You really need to stop being so sensitive. Who hurt you? Get healed so that you stop getting offended. You want to know who gets offended? Unhealed people. Healed people say, well, that, uh, he wasn't talking to me. Got to have fun in church, guys. Listen, because listen, let me be clear. Jesus kept a few thugs around him. I got a few men in the church right now I have not let get saved yet. Every time the invitation comes, put your hand down. Because if some, if some pop off, I don't need you being a Christian. I, oh, I don't need you being a Christian. I need you to be thuggy. Some go down. I don't need you talking about let's pray for them. No, I need you to take, I need you to. This ain't time for prayer. This is time for laying hands. Shut up. I'm joking. Y'all said we ain't. Here's what I love about harvesters is they ain't going to let you mess with their church and they ain't going to let you mess with their pastor and they pastor ain't going to let you mess with their church and they pastor ain't going to let you mess with them. If you're glad you're in a house of love, just shout love. Shout it again, love. So listen, listen, you head it this way. Okay. Well, actually, I'm going to have to change this out. It's going to need to be here. You go back down, thug. You come here. All right, come in. All right, because we're talking about, all right, so watch me. So, so let's just pretend we are talking about dating, all right? Okay, now, you walking over there to 
Okay, you walk that way. Okay, now just keep walking, and then just but walk slower though. <laughs> no, no, come on back, <laughs> and then just walk slow. Okay, and then you go walk. Okay, now you walk that way. Okay, here's what some of y'all will do. This is some of y'all right now. I hope you get free. Here's what you will do. Turn and look. Oh, wait a minute. And be like, come and talk to me. Say, I really want to know you. Say, can we talk? For a minute. Why? Girl, I really. That's low. For a minute. Watch me. Stop. Watch. The only thing y'all got in common is green. You ain't headed the same way. You ain't looking at the same stuff. The only thing y'all got in common is green. And here's what some of y'all will say. It must be God. So now, you're focused. You got a call. You got an assignment. God's going to do something great with you. You leave that. Let's pretend like you the Lord. Millennial Jesus. Here's what you do. You get off of focus. And now, go and walk to him. And Jesus says, you forgot all about what I sent you to the earth for. And you're distracted with somebody that was never headed your way. Was never going the same direction. Don't believe in you. Don't think you're going to be a good business owner. Don't think you're going to be a good entrepreneur. Don't go to church. Don't tithe. Don't give. But yet you over here talking. So now. But now she. She ain't looking right. She's distracted. And now while y'all talking, millennial Jesus is like, what the problem is? And your distraction, watch me, is your delay. Because while they've been talking, that was your 20s. I'm going to preach tonight. While you've been talking, that was your 30s. And you're like, why didn't God stop it? God says, I'm not moving. You coming to me. I'm not coming to you. That's your 40s. 50s. And then before you know it, watch this. It's too late to go to him. Because now you don't even have the trust left. I pray you don't date your distraction. Ooh, if you're single in here, throw your hands up. Single man and you ain't married by proof of paperwork. If you get, throw your hands up, say, Lord, cause me not to date my distraction. Jesus, who's an unmarried millennial, he knew the power of God and at church. And at Harvest, hear me, y'all, our students are a big deal. We want everybody, but especially our students, actively involved in what God is doing in our church. And in the Bible, young people played a big role. And they play a big role in God's plans today. And tonight's message is not just 
for young people, but I want to awaken the inner student that's in you. Because watch this, life is really a never-ending session of school. Somebody say, I'm in school. And when you're in school, you don't get, watch this, you're going to fail some tests, you're going to get some stuff wrong. You know why people get depressed, discouraged, and suicidal sometimes? It's because they thought that they were the teacher. When you're in school, you can already be, I'm going to fail some tests, I'm going to mess some stuff up, I'm going to get some stuff wrong. It's gonna be some and when you do it, you just say, that's just part of the process. I wish you stopped being so hard on yourself. I wish you stop kick, kicking yourself when you make a mistake. I wish you stop saying you're so stupid. I wish you get yourself talked together and realize that, watch this, I'm in school, which means I'm a student, which means I'm going to mess up sometimes, but watch me get back up again. I'm going to get it wrong sometimes, but watch me get back up again. Say I'm a student. So here it is. Do you not know that Jesus and his 12 inner circle were from the ages, his inner circle was from the ages of 12 to 21? Whoa. Whoa. Say whoa. His love is like. So. <laughs> Jesus changed the world. Feels good. Jesus changed the world. Say he changed the world. With 12 boys. Ages 12. 21. Peter being the oldest and he was married. He's about 21 approximately. Why are you telling us that, Bishop? Most people see Jesus in church this way. When I'm done having my fun, then I'm going to do church. Let me have my fun right now. Life is short. Too short. Life. Have fun. Live. You ain't got to be, that's too much right now. You need to have fun. Let me tell you, living for Jesus is fun. Let me tell you what ain't fun, trying to figure out who your baby daddy is. Let me tell you what ain't fun. You ain't saying nothing to me. Let me tell you what ain't fun, trying to figure out what you, that, that ain't fun. Ain't nothing fun about that. Ain't nothing fun about, 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 about uh, struggling. Ain't nothing fun about that. Ooh, where we gonna sleep tonight? That ain't fun! Most of us don't realize that the guys who changed the world were middle school and high school age. Now, remember, this ain't just for young people. Somebody says it's for everybody. Because you're still a what? Student. So I don't care if you're a 65-year-old student, I'm talking to you. I don't care if you're a 55-year-old student, I'm talking to you. 95-year-old student, I'm talking to you. In Luke chapter 2, we're just about there. Y'all with me? We're just about there. In Luke chapter 2, verse number 43, we're going to look at verses 43 through 52. I want to look at this real carefully because I want you to see this. Because we got it backwards in culture. We think that Jesus and church is something we do when we're done having fun. So we consequently waste younger years. Then, in your later years, talking about now I'm going to live right. But you robbed God of your strength and vitality. You robbed God of, 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 of when you could do all night prayer. You're missing it. You robbed him of your prime days. 
so you could go play around. And I need everybody in here who feels like, Bishop, you talk about me, I did that. If you're hearing this message, watch what you got some more time. If you're hearing this message, guess what you got? Mercy. What's that? That means God says, I'm not done with you yet. I don't care what decade you wasted. God says, I'll redeem it, and I'll get more done with you. Let me get prophetic. I'll get more done with you from Daniel, what's today, June what? June 5th, 2019. I'll get more done between June 5th, 2019 through December 31st, 2019 than the whole rest of your life. Somebody say, I still got time. So, so, so look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Luke chapter 2, verse 43. When they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. He's about 12 at this time. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. Check this out. They left him at church and didn't know they left him. I pray you don't be the type of Christian where Jesus is only, the only time he sees you and hears from you is when you come in here. For my digital people, I pray you not be the type of person that the only time God hears from you is when that thing pops up and say, we live. Because one day it might come up late. <laughs> to never happen again. <laughs> say they didn't know, say they didn't know it. They didn't know they left him. That's deep. You can think you so spiritual that you don't even realize how far you've drifted from him until you see, watch this, what you'll compromise on. You used to talk about everybody else who, who, who didn't do this and didn't do that and do that until one day it's you. You used to talk about everybody else who they don't need to be and then it's you. They left him. Say, Lord, don't let me forget you. Here's verse number 44. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sat him amongst their relatives and acquaintances. So they started looking for him in their family. They started looking for him. Watch this. Watch this. Some of you missed it. What are the two words used there? Relatives and acquaintances. He said, well, Bishop, you just said family. Well, I just wanted to see if you was paying attention. See, the Bible says that he's, they sought them among their relatives and acquaintances. Why is that significant? Why doesn't it say family? Because family, by biblical definition, are people headed in the same direction as you. Bishop, how do you know that? Jesus, when his mother and brothers come to see him, uh, they say, one of Jesus' guys be like, hey, Jesus, your mama name out there. Jesus is like, who is my mama name? He's, then he points to his guys, his 12, and he says, this is my mama and brothers. He says, whoever does the will of my father, this is my mother and brother. What did Jesus do? He redefined family, which means, watch this. Family is not about blood. Family is about focus. Shut up. <laughs> family is not about blood. Family is about the direction we're headed. What's a relative? We share common ancestry. What's an acquaintance? I know them. Where did they seek him from? Their relatives and acquaintance, two groups that wouldn't have him. This is too deep for you. Two groups that went up. You looking for the answer from groups of people that don't have it. I wish you stopped calling your unsaved cousin for advice. I wish you stopped going to people who don't believe in Jesus asking him what to do. I wish you stopped seeking him amongst people that don't have him in the first place. This is too much. Verse, verse 45, where they didn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem. They went back to the place they found them, to the city they found them. What's Jerusalem? The city of Shalom. Watch this. And uh, verse 46, so it was after three days they found him. Where? In the temple. So he was at the church. What was he doing? Sitting in the midst of the teachers. Wait a minute. Here's the first principle I want you to get. 
Jesus, who was 100% God, he lives his life like a student. Even though he's 12 approximately naturally, in him is the fullness of God. What's that mean? Even though he is 100% God, he's like, I still need somebody I can submit to. We live in a culture that don't want to submit, but yet wants to succeed. And you will never succeed beyond your submission. And submission ain't just saying, fine, I'll do it. Submission is changing your heart to say, because you said it, I want to do it. I changed my want to match the want of who I'm submitted to. Y'all don't like this. Jesus said, I'll never be everything that I can be unless I learn how to submit. I pray that you get a heart to submit. I pray that you wouldn't be so arrogant that you spend your life uh, in destitute and struggle. I pray that you learn to submit. He says, he's listening to them and asking them questions. Stop. He's God. What are they going to teach him? about himself because Jesus knew if I want to be what I'm supposed to be who I'm called to be here's the first point I have to live different than them who's them notice who wasn't with him his mama his daddy his relatives his acquaintances sometimes you have to look at who you love and say, you don't know what you're doing. That's too much. That's too much. That's too much. That's too much. Because Jesus said, I have to sit at the feet of the men of God. Because in a few years, I'm up next. And when I step on the scene, I got three and a half years to do everything that I've been sent to the earth to do. So I don't have time to waste it talking to people who don't have the answer in the first place. Can, can, can I go further? Can I go further? We, we, we're about done. Let me, let me finish this. He, he says, say he's listening and asking questions. Let me tell you the mark of a fool. They talk. And talk. And talk. And talk. And talk. Because they're convinced they're the water. Every equation has a horse and a water. One needs the other. One doesn't. The water will be fine without the horse. The horse will die without the water. We live in a culture where everybody wants to tell what they're good at. Look at me. Look at what I do. Look what I do. Look at me. Look at me. I'm doing this. And you're so busy trying to build a brand, you don't even realize you don't have the oil to sustain it. I'm going to walk heavy because shouldn't have messed with my strength. We live in a culture where everybody's trying to build their brand, build their blog, build their thing, borrowing from somebody that knows something. Everybody's trying to do their thing, which is evidence, watch this, that there's a whole lot of foolery. Jesus wasn't trying to, watch this, y'all, here's why y'all need to have me do this. Look, I'm God. I can heal, I can deliver, I can set free. No, he sat there and said, men of God, teach me. 
I'm not trying to show up and build my brand. Because when it's my time, he'll build it for me. What I'm doing is saying, teach me. I dare you to throw your hands up and say, Lord, teach me. He wasn't trying to build his brand. We live in a culture where people want to be bosses, but they're bad employees. They want to start a business and use your money to do it. Y'all ain't talking. This is cold. Have you been on Instagram lately? Have you been on uh, the, the snapping one lately? Snapchat? Snapping one. That one needs a whole nother level of anointing. You got to be saved, saved to, to be on Snapchat. They'll send you something and then it disappear. Won't they do it? <laughs> Look at me. Say, ask questions. ask questions. I wish you weren't afraid to ask. I wish you weren't afraid to say, oh, I'm not sure the answer to that. Can you teach me? I wish we weren't Jesus lived different than them. See, he was listening to them and asking questions. But he was asking questions of people that had answers. He didn't try to go ask his relatives and acquaintances. When I see people get off track in church, can't I just tell you as a pastor? I always know, oh, they're off track. Who in their ear? It's very simple. They were faithful. They were dedicated. They were submitted. They were on top of things. They did that. Somebody then got in their ear. And what they don't understand is they're removing them from their place of submission, which means they're taking them from their place of success. Because as soon as they pull them out there to the wilderness, they're going to be broke, busted, and disgusted. I hadn't seen that movie 11 times. Let me finish this. 47. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding. Watch this. And answers. So Jesus understood stuff. And then here's what answers means. They started asking him questions. Jesus didn't have to show up and say, you know, I'm God, right? He showed up in a posture of submission, asked questions. We live in a culture. Everybody wants to show up, throw up. Talk, 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 talk. When they're sitting with somebody that has the answer. We have a culture that's so arrogant, it presupposes from its place of lack that it knows how to get to abundance. This is too much. This is too much. This is too much. Finish the message. Verse 48. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. Mary walks in and says, come here, Joe. She got a roll, you know, a roll bone with that. With a roller set, you know. Pulling her robe, holding it together like this. You know me and Joe been looking for you all these days. Why did you do this to us? Check this out. She didn't know what she had. I pray 
we don't be the type of people that don't know what we have. She's saying, why'd you do this to us? Opposed to looking and saying, wait a minute. It's not protocol for the men of God to allow this young buck to come up in here and sit in on the inner circle discussion. So wait a minute. Maybe he ain't like them. I need you to know you, you're sitting next to somebody that's different. I need you to know you're sitting next to somebody God's got his hand on. I need you to know you're sitting next to somebody God's going to do something great through. I need you to know you're sitting next to somebody that God ain't done with yet. I wish you just said, Lord, you're not done with me yet. So look at verse 49. And he said to them, why did you seek me? So what you looking for me for? In other words, he says, I'm safe. I'm good. Why? Because I am where I'm supposed to be. Where was that? Church. Jesus said, I ain't waiting until I'm later on. Jesus says, I'm young, single, and free. <laughs> Jesus, you can have me. You get the point. He said, why are you seeking me? He said, did you not know? In other words, he's checking her. Without checking her. Because he knew it was a Hebrew woman. You talking to me like that in front of these preachers? Wait till we get home. Wait till we get home. No potato pancakes for you tonight, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. He said, why? Did you seek me? Did you not know I must be? Say must be. Must be. What do you must be about? Notice I asked the question, what are you? Multiple. What do you must be about? Are you must be drama? Must be rebellious? Must be talk too much? Some of y'all are caught up with people who you're the butt of their jokes. Uh, watch me, watch me. I got to finish. I got to finish because y'all got to eat. Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Look at me. The father's business is using your life to change the lives of others. By giving your life to God and getting involved in church. That's what Jesus did. So that's what he did. So much so, his mom and them didn't even know that he was still at the church. They got all the way home, about almost, and said, where he at? And where he go? And when Jesus sees it, he says, did you not know? He said, mama, I'm not like them. And mama, what you're doing when you try to make me go with them is you are trying to make me be different than what I'm supposed to be. I need you to not feel alone because you don't fit with the crowd. Somebody say, I'm not like them. 
And it's not that you're arrogant. It's not that you're bougie. It's not that you're braggadocious. It's not that you think that you're all bad. It's just that you realize I have been sent to the earth to do something. And it's not to sit around and tell jokes. It's not to sit around and talk about, did you see that girl walk by? You're not talking to me real. It's not to sit around and have babies and pay bills. That's no disrespect, mothers. Don't start nothing with me. But you need to hear me clearly. Jesus said, Mama, I'm not like them. Did you not know? I'm going to save you. Parents, stop making your kids hang out with people with bad habits. Stop making your kids. You need to be friends. You need to get some friends. You need to get some friends. You can't fit in with what you sent to lead. And iron sharpens iron which means they're gonna have to find somebody else that's like them that understands look while they out partying we out serving while they out drinking we out y'all not talking we're praising while they acting crazy we're living in a whole nother type of life don't 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 and so look at verse 50 they didn't understand him 51 but he went down and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. Watch this. Mary finally got it. But she kept these things where? In her heart. What's that mean? In her mind. And Jesus increased, look at me, in wisdom and stature and with favor with God and men. Look at me. One, he lived different than them. Two, is about the father's business. Number three, his final point. He sustained his seek. Stay right where you were. Say he sustained his seek. Say he increased. Here's what happens with some of us. When we need God, we cry, we snot, we beg, we get makeup all over Bishop's shirt. And I love it. Just gotta get. I love you. I love you, Harvest. I love you, Harvest. I do. I love you. I love you. You, you can't do nothing about that. I need you to know that. Like, you can't attitude me from loving you. You can't do this for me. I just need you to know I love you. There ain't nothing you can do about it. I graduated from hate. That's too much energy. I need you to look at the neighbor and say, I graduated from hate. Say, I graduated from bitterness. Say, that's too much energy. That's too much. <laughs> this too much. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. Say he sustained his seek. Say he increased. Second Chronicles 31, 21. And every work that he began in the service of the house of the God and in the law and the commandment to seek his God, he did it with all his heart. So he prospered. I want to ask you a question. What you seeking? Who are you seeking? Say, what am I seeking? Say, who am I seeking? I I'm done. Is it drugs? Because you do know that that's a limited supply. It runs out. So now you need some more. And some more. And some more. And some more. Is it sex? It's quiet. 
Do you think that that's going to remove? Watch me. I'm not judging you. I'm not beating you down. Is you drinking so you can blame it on the alcohol? Is it porn? So you can at least feel like somebody wants you. Is it? It got quiet right there. It got silent right there. Is it games? I was shocked they still do that. I didn't know that was a thing still. And somebody told me, I was like, oh, they still do that. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. 
They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.